0: I joined on when it was called Flatbook and it was 47 employees signing basement suites. That is not the company that it is today being on the NASDAQ and worth billions of dollars. But I think for me, it's jumping into new offerings within the hospitality space. That's always kept me excited and intrigued. But at the core of all that is remembering what it's all about. And I think that companies that lose that vision find themselves dead in the water very quickly. Like at the end of the day. Um, In hospitality, we are actors and we are here to create tremendous guest experience and and deliver on that. There's really, everything outside of that is noise. It's, It's creating the illusion of perfection.
1: Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. It's 11.32 p.m. on a Thursday night, and you wake up in a panic. You forgot to send your guests the custom lockbox combination for your Airbnb, and you missed the 17 messages they sent saying that they couldn't get in because you enabled sleep mode on your iPhone. You know, to try and cut down on screen time before bed and all. After apologizing profusely and sending them a bottle of bubbly in hopes that they won't leave you a one-star review, you think to yourself, how do other hosts stay on top of guest communications? The answer, they use Guesty for hosts an easy-to-use rental management platform. With features like automated messages that send important communications to guests at the exact right times, you'll never have to jeopardize your beauty sleep again. Guesty for Hosts allows short-term rental hosts to manage listings from Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com in one calendar, and send a series of automated messages before, during, and after the guests stay. The platform also has features that help you manage cleanings, build a custom booking website, and so much more. You can start your 14-day free trial today, no credit card or setup fee or commitment required, and you can cancel any time if you don't love it. And it gets even better. While getting started for the first time, use the discount code spontaneous for 20% off your first year. Again, that's spontaneous Use that discount code at checkout for 20% off your first year. In just a moment, you'll meet Ryan Killing, general manager of the Annex Hotel. You might call Ryan a child of the hospitality industry. He grew up traveling the world with his mom who worked in the luxury hotel space, and he had the privilege of encountering a diverse set of cultures and experiences all around the world. Ryan studied hotel management in college, and while in school, he started cleaning bathrooms and making beds with the housekeeping team at the Fairmont Pacific Rim, which was considered Vancouver's definitive luxury hotel. His hard work paid off, and when an opportunity to join the opening team in Dubai at Fairmont The Palm arose, Ryan took it. After a couple of years, Ryan became interested in the budding space of short-term rentals, so he took jobs at both Sonder and Airbnb. But Ryan has always been entrepreneurial, so when a, a new opportunity to join a hospitality startup came his way, he took it. Tune in to hear the story behind the Annex, a new hospitality concept, marrying the best of boutique hotels, Airbnb, and cutting-edge technology that Ryan and his team are developing. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Ryan. All right, Ryan, if I were to crash a happy hour with some of your closest friends, and if I were to ask them to tell me a bit about Ryan, what do you imagine that they might say?
0: Hmm. A moment of self gloating. Uh, fully joking, I think it would depend on how many cocktails people were deep, and uh, <laughs> obviously, all good things there would be nothing else for them to say. Uh, Honestly, I really don't know how to to answer that question. I think that's kind of the the beauty of your friends is everyone has a bit of a unique perspective on on who you are and reasons why they enjoy hanging out with you for the most part. So that's kind of a a one that I would leave up to them to answer. I I would hope it would be something along the lines of kind of like fun, compassionate, uh, open-minded. I don't know. I'd leave it at that.
1: That's pretty good. Uh, the the purpose of this question is obviously just to help folks get to know you a little bit more. So here's here's another follow up question. Uh, if I were to crash a happy hour with you and your friends, where would that happy hour be like what like describe this setting like that, you know, of, of what we what would we be drinking and and like where would we be?
0: Great question. Uh, very diverse group of friends. So I think you'd be walking into one of our living rooms. TV would be on in the background, most likely with nothing mindful and not anything that anyone's really watching. Uh, you'd have everything under the sun. You've got beers, you've got bourbon, you've got wine, and you'd probably be uh, joining into some, some relatively animated conversation.
1: Wonderful. Uh, well, sounds like a great group of friends. Uh, we'll have to make that happen at some point. Uh, so 100%. I, I want to hear the story of your very first time staying in an Airbnb or or another short-term rental like where did you go and what was that first experience not staying in a hotel like
0: Yeah, I love that question. I'm going to kind of answer it in two ways. My first Airbnb experience Uh, I would have been, I don't know, 19, 20 years old and it would have been to Whistler, Canada with too many people than we were, (laughs) more people than we were supposed to have on the reservation. So (laughs) I won't get too, too far into the details of that, but my first memorable Airbnb experience would have been Europe, 2015. So uh, at the time, my girlfriend, Maya and I, we went over, we were kind of jumping around and one of our first destinations was actually Paris and we stayed at two spots in Paris One was hosted and like a shared space in which we stayed at a room in their place. And the other was obviously a commercial operator running a short-term rental. And that was really my first experience with interacting with a host of of some kind of degree. And I had, it it was kind of mind-blowing. That first time you're in someone's house, they're like, hey, free reign, help yourself to the the fridge. Here's how the the house works. Here's a local guide. Here's some places you want to check out. And you have that moment the next morning when you wake up where you're sitting in in their kitchen and they're not there and you go, well, this is kind of strange. Is this right? Is that, is this wrong? So it was, it was discovery. It was shock. It was excitement all at the same kind of time. Um, Had a really positive experience actually. And then shortly followed up uh, or quickly after that was the kind of commercialized version of that, where it was like, thankfully the best parts of the hosted experience but kind of more of a private space to yourself. So my introduction to Airbnb in a meaningful way would have been Europe, and uh, I had nothing but positive things to say, and it, it further provoked my curiosity and took out in the world of, of there's something else out there other than a hotel.
1: Do you remember uh, ar- around that time, I feel like like people knew of Airbnb, but it still wasn't like super common. Like the idea of hearing about your buddies and your friends going and staying at Airbnbs was was still not quite uh, as, you know, at least as popular as it is today. So, do you remember, like, talking to your friends and family about, like, hey, I'm going to go stay not in a hotel, but, like, in somebody else's home in in their bedroom? Like, do you remember anyone's, like, initial reactions at the time?
0: Absolutely. I think the, the first people I would have told uh, would have been my parents, and they kind of immediately... Uh, related it to trips in Europe when they were younger, backpacking and and hitchhiking with truckers and all of those stories, whether they're true or not, those are their memories of (laughs) Europe. So it was kind of that, uh, it it was that initial shock value. Where are you staying? What what do you mean someone's house? How does that work? There was a lot of, I'd call it unknown. I think you, you nailed it. It was still relatively unknown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about that is I was thinking about um my first time staying at an Airbnb recently, and it was also it was also in Europe. And I, I wonder, too, if it was uh, easier for Europeans to sort of like get on board with the whole short term rental thing, at least at first, because, again, they one, they just tr- tend to travel a little bit more than than, you know, Americans do. But then beyond that, too the idea of sort of like sharing space, uh, the idea of like backpacking, you know, across Europe, those were all things that people did. So the idea of sharing your home with other people perhaps wasn't as big of a a stretch as it was like here in, you know, the States or other parts of North America, for instance. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think North
0: America is a very like litigation forward culture (laughs) in which people are open-minded to things once it's been tested. And Europe's very much like, Hey, welcome to my home. What can I get for you? So I think that's probably exactly why it its inception or consent like it it was conceived over there and has expanded internationally very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. So I want to intro you a little bit more and talk a little bit more about uh, the annex. And so the the question that I've kind of quickly thrown together. Uh, to help our listeners better understand kind of who you are and, and what you do is as follows. So you're you're on an elevator and there are a few like TikTok influencers or, you know, uh, Mr. Beast types. And you've got just a minute to explain what the Annex Hotel is and why they should all come and stay in your hotel. Like, you know, the, these are people that get pitched by travel brands and other brands constantly. Right. So like, uh, the, the same old, same old, isn't going to work with them. So talk to us a little bit about how you would pitch and explain what the annex is and why it's an experience worth checking out.
0: Great. Love the question. Clock starts now. Um, the Annex is a technology enabled culturally relevant learningless hospitality product, bit of a buzzword salad there to be more specific, take the culture and programming of a Soho house, take the best hosted experience you've had at an Airbnb and enjoy the comfort of a cloud-like bed with crispy white linen sheets. And that in a nutshell is the Annex.
1: Wow. Very well said. I think that was only like 27 seconds. So, um, well done. So, uh, uh, they're convinced um and uh they're 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 down for a trip talk to us a little bit more about like how this project came to be so i want to dive into your history in just a second because you have a a really interesting interest uh, uh history in the hospitality space but like first and foremost like where did the idea for the annex come from and at what point did you get introduced to what was being built
0: yeah, absolutely. So uh, it was a group of three gentlemen back in, I don't know, I want to call it 2016 slash 17 Airbnb. Um, as we both know, is really starting to kind of pop off. There was community meetups, things of that nature. Two of the founding partners got put in touch because they were both starting to look at commercializing the Airbnb space within in Toronto as a market. And they brought another partner on board who was more heavy focused in the food and beverage world. And the, the concept of the annex came to fruition. And I think there's kind of three really important pieces to this. You had a technology person who has uh, built things for scale and really understands like using technology to enable and enhance. You had a real estate partner who understood that... Um, a certain type of potential could be unlocked in assets that typically weren't being looked at in this way. And then you had a food and beverage partner who had an extensive amount of experience with, I'll call it like some of the most unique and and it spots in the city and brought that and plugged that into it. So it was almost this perfect weathered storm with technology at the forefront. So it was in many ways, a few years ahead of its time, as we're seeing, with all the things like adoption of technology, brand focused now. Um, and the concept was proven out. It worked. And I mean, my involvement was very early on. Um, one of the partners and I had been doing some property management or short-term rental stuff in the Airbnb space outside of the Annex. I went and worked for Airbnb and stayed in touch. And ultimately, the road led back to, to wanting to participate and contribute in a meaningful way to, to
1: Annex. Very, very, very cool. Um, lots of follow-up questions there. But... I, I want to talk a little bit more about your your history in the hospitality space. So you've worked for, you just mentioned you worked for Airbnb. You've worked for a number of, of leading brands in the hospitality space, brands like Airbnb, brands like Sonder. Um, and I, I'm curious as you think about the the difference between Airbnb's approach, uh, what they're after, what they're really what they're really trying to build versus Saunders versus you know boutique hotels like the annex uh, how, how do how do these three related but but sort of distinct business models and, and brands, where do they? Where do they sort of like overlap? Uh, what can you know? Uh, what What have you learned and observed working in these spaces about how they operate differently, what their priorities are? I think a lot of folks can sort of group, you know, the Saunders of the world, the Airbnbs of the world, the VRBOs of the world. It is sort of all all the same, and at first pass, it might look that way, but as you've you and I've discussed before their, their approach and their, their business models are actually quite different. So I just love like your candid thoughts on these brands, um, and what you've observed up close and personal about their priorities, their strategic interests and and how they differentiate from each other.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. As you said, it's like Airbnb, Sonder, Fairmont, whatever, Stay Alfred, Lyric. A lot of these things get grouped into kind of the same category when in fact they're actually fundamentally different offerings and businesses. Um, Airbnb has achieved an incredible amount of success by way of just brand recognition. Like they've essentially achieved the Q-tip or Kleenex status of cotton swabs and uh, like tissue, right? Airbnb is an online travel agency for lack of a better term it is completely individualized once you're on there there is commercial companies involved but uh airbnb is not the brand that you arrive to you're staying at zach's place or ryan's place or perhaps you're staying at a sonder perhaps you're staying at an annex so um i'll take a step back and I'll, i'll take a step back and then come back to the airbnb be so my journey started uh, with Fairmont straight up in housekeeping, learning the ins and outs of the business. Fairmont is an incredible brand. It is also a traditional hotel product. It is guest centric. It is standardization. It's verbiage. And there's a lot of things there that are well received by guests that are great and can be learned and implemented into the short term rental space and, and kind of, I'll call it more modern offerings. Um, it's a very specific asset class in which certain demographics kind of interact with. Airbnb is massive. It's global. It's, it's a unified people refer to where they're staying as an Airbnb. That is no small task to achieve. It's incredible. Um, then you get into the Saunders of the world, which are really the first run at commercializing a short-term rental, um, and achieving mass scale by way of technology, but maybe lacking on, on kind of the brand and experience side of things. So throughout all of these ventures and just like, kind of observing them, um, through the same lens being, being my own, what I've been able to extract is that there is actually parts that you can take from all three of those being Fairmont, Airbnb and Sonder and apply it to something like annex in which you've created an offering that guests from each one of those would actually interact well with, right? Mm. Like it's, it's creating an offering that, that makes sense. As I, as I spoke about earlier, it's learning less. I think there is still a learning curve for all three of those in a way Um, and what we've done here at the annex is introduce kind of the best of all worlds. And it's not just from those three companies. I mean, there's lots of inspiration taken from elsewhere, but that's, that's kind of my take on it.
1: Yeah. And, and on that note, how did you, how did you get into hospitality, uh, to begin with? So you started your career at, at Fairmont, like what, what led you into the space? Like what, what was interesting to you about it? And I, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's. Rare that you find somebody that is uh, is is really sort of like building. Uh, you've you've been in the space for for basically a decade, doing a, you know a variety of different things. But what initially attracted you to the hospitality space, and like, I'd just be curious, were there any like fundamental lessons that you learned while at uh, Fairmount that like have stuck with you to this day with respect to what like a great hospitality brand like needs to have.
0: Yeah, I, I like that question. So, my introduction to hospitality by default was kind of being born into it. I had a mother working um, in the industry overseas and got thrown into it at a young age. Like, I, I talk about this often, but going to hotels as a kid is not like uh, I'm fully understanding that that's not the norm. Like, our camping trips weren't in a tent with a pole, it was at uh, a Fairmont with the whole food and beverage thing and charging ice cream to uh, our room and me and my brother thinking that that was free and magic. So <laughs> I was I was thrown right into it. It almost became second nature in a way. But as I got older, I became more curious with the how the and the why behind all of this. You start to actually get really, really intrigued by, well, how does this all work? So it was walks through the kitchen to be like, holy smokes, it takes... 15 20 people to make this magic come to life yeah understanding as we got even older getting yelled at when bills came back to the, to the hotel room because they weren't free um and then from there it was just it, it was it was enjoying the hospitality culture and to be more specific it was the energy of of being around a team of people contributing towards a common goal which is guest experience um it, in a way there's there's magic behind that so uh, continued that curiosity, I actually started going to uh, hotel management school in Vancouver. While I was working in the housekeeping department, I, I dropped out there and took on a number of kind of progressive roles within traditional hospitality, so to speak. Um, you asked if anything has stayed with me and I wish I could say no, but it's very much. So yes, like the Fairmont slogan of turning moments into memories still lives in my head, <laughs> whether I like it or not. Um, and from there, it was, it was kind of always pursuing next best interests. I took a couple of, of steps away from hospitality and an attempt to pursue other career paths and all roads for me led back to hospitality. And I think over the last decade, I, I've really positioned myself as an ultimate generalist. I've I've really done a little bit of everything versus specializing in one particular skill within the industry. Um, when Airbnb presents an opportunity, uh, especially for like our generation, you, you can't say no. It's it's something I think everyone is curious to experience. And even prior to that, with Sonder, like I joined on when it was called Flatbook, and it was. 47 employees signing basement suites that is not the company that it is today being on the NASDAQ and worth billions of dollars. But I think for me, it's jumping into new offerings within the hospitality space. That's always kept me excited and intrigued, but at the core of all that is remembering what it's all about. And I think that companies that lose that vision find themselves dead in the water very quickly. Like at the end of the day, um, in hospitality, we are actors and we are here to create tremendous guest experience and and deliver on that there's really everything outside of that is noise it's, it's yeah. creating the illusion of perfection so that's that's kind of how where why i am where i am today i mean annex is not traditional but again it's like it's different right yeah. so
1: yeah 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 no no i i i love that story and it it's cool to hear you know you growing up in this space and and watching watching you know your your mom sort of like uh, work work in the industry and uh, yeah I think it's hilarious that you you and your brother would charge ice cream to your to your room thinking it was just you know magic and free that's that's a wonderful story um, talk about sort of like the the innocence of youth right there um I I I'd love to hear because you've you've we've had a lot of folks on the show who are short-term rental uh, hosts, people that uh you know manage uh, portfolios of short-term rentals, folks that are building really cool brands in the short-term rental space, but I believe that you're the first person uh we've had on the show that's actually like worked at a. Airbnb at Sonder who's worked in sort of the, the even sort of the traditional hospitality space. And I I'd love for you to just share a story or two, or, you know, a lesson or two that you learned in each of your posts. So like during your time at Airbnb, what were you doing? Like, what was what was the goal? What did you What did you learn about how that company operated? That was um, specifically uh, or particularly interesting to you, and or just set you up in some way, shape, or form with like a lesson that you've you've held on to. And then I'd love for you to also talk about you know the and any sort of lessons learned during your time at at Sonder, And then we'll we'll kind of uh, uh, conclude with with Annex. But do you mind just sharing a little bit like candidly about? either a story or a lesson that you uh that you learned or that stands out during during uh each of these postings
0: yeah i'd be happy to and i I mean um i can provide my perspective i think everyone's going to have their own unique experience at at whatever outpost they're working at but um, they were fundamentally different cultures and fundamentally different sizes when i was with them right so i'll start with saundra because it was first and then i'll get into airbnb but Saunder was an incredibly talented group of people um, into a relatively undiscovered space at the time, at least from a like professionalization or commercial standpoint. And it was an all-hands deck, like an all-hands on deck effort. I mean, um leadership was incredible. Francis had a vision in mind and he never let up on that vision. And he was called everything in the book behind his back, but he just kept pushing forward. And those who shared the same vision really jumped in wherever required to to make it happen and uh, i mean to get specific like when i joined flopbook in vancouver uh someone who i consider a mentor to date who's still chief of staff with under arthur chang like threw me into the fire it was like okay we need to get units in vancouver we're going to do this by any means possible go it was very entrepreneurial and like you kind of figure it out, tell us what you need. But subsequently, after goals were achieved or you were on the right path, it was never stay in your lane and let's keep you on that course. It's like, let's go, let's jump to Boston, let's get you to Montreal, let's get you to Toronto, all over the place. And that was a common theme I found that Sonderites were were quite often transplants. No one operating on a city team were all from that city. So it was a very dynamic group that contributed um, a lot of different perspectives. And in my opinion, that's the reason that we were able to continue moving forward because there was so many different perspectives with an aligned goal. So for me, the culture at, at Sonder uh, was incredible. It was a lot of continuous learning versus kind of just like, here's your job, go do it. Um, energizing is a word that I've used a couple of times, but there's also some things I can't put into words. That was my first like wow moment in yeah. terms of being like, oh, there's there's some really cool opportunities out here in this space and then moving into airbnb joined at a a much later date so i joined uh luxury retreats just after they were acquired by airbnb um, as a market manager so you're given a multitude of destinations in which it's throw you in go acquire properties that are, are luxury and uh here are your targets i think my biggest Uh, the biggest learning from Airbnb was it was such a well-oiled machine when I joined that your your biggest tool or your best used tool was the word Airbnb. Like something so globally recognized immediately puts you in front of kind of whoever you want. It was less of a hustle mentality, not from a standpoint of like get things done and and have meaningful contribution, but more so like there was no proving yourself to the outside world at Airbnb. People wanted to listen to what you had to say. Also a very different culture, it was larger. Um, I'd call it like a little more isolated in the way that you weren't as direct, you you weren't as in direct contact with the leaders like you were at a a smaller size company like Saunders at the time. And I think that also has potentially some negative impacts. but hey, like they're doing it. It's not like it's a bad company. It was a very positive experience. Both of those experiences were great. They were just very, very different.
1: Yeah, yeah. So at what point in time do you... You started talking about this, but um, uh, I don't think we, we got into as much detail here as, as I'd like to get into. But at what point in time do you find out about annex and find out about sort of like what what uh, what they're building and when do you decide, hey, I'm going to leave Airbnb and you know go all in on this because you know you're you're a young guy like getting to Airbnb is, is a cool step in the hospitality space, right? Um, it's it's a big deal. and so I, I would imagine like the decision to to leave and to go join a you know startup boutique sort of hotel must have been a must have been a tough one or a challenging one like what 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 was that uh decision-making process liked and what was it about the idea or you know the the leadership at, at, at annex that compelled you that this was the right jump to make
0: yeah so maybe it's to a fault of my own but i'm someone that I think has the ability to make decisions relatively quickly without always having to, to make kind of a, a SWOT, <laughs> swat chart about it, <laughs> or like pros and cons. It's, it's for me, as I said earlier, pursuing what I um, interpret to be the next best opportunity. So when I was, I'll, I'll give you an Uh, a very specific story so i was interviewing with annex and airbnb at the same time actually so i was living in toronto i was interviewing with annex it was the next coolest thing on the block i was interviewing for the role of gm at the same time i was uh interviewing with airbnb for a market manager role so even in that sentence right there like i go back to kind of ultimate generalist one is a very operations heavy role but (laughs) with some Business acumen, and the other is very much like a business development sales role. So enough about uh, enough about those two pieces specifically. But back to kind of the story is that uh, I flew out to Montreal, interviewed with Airbnb, came back to Toronto. I had a job offer in my inbox the night before I was supposed to have my final interview with Annex, and the time in which I needed to respond to Airbnb was like an hour ahead of when I was supposed to have my interview. So uh, reached out to Annex and was like, hey. I just want to let you know that I have a job offer in my inbox from Airbnb. And the immediate reaction was like, all right, give us like 10 minutes. Like we'll, we'll get back to you. And I felt like I was kind of, I don't know, like in the middle of like some sort of reality television show or something. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm making it sound far more dramatic than it is, but for the uh, for the purposes of the podcast, we'll just talk we like about right it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The more dramatic, the better. <laughs> Love it.
0: So uh, Annex got back to me. Respect them for it. They're like, we really need you to do the interview. Like, that's that's what we can offer you at this point. So you'll have to make a decision. So, uh, as you do when you're young, you call everyone you know and kind of lean on people for perspective and, and guidance. And you start to realize as you move on and continue down the road that that's all it is. It's perspective and guidance. Ultimately, made the decision that I couldn't say no to Airbnb. So, uh, hopped on a plane the following week and, and moved my life out to to montreal to join airbnb and again had a tremendous experience it was incredible again lots of great people but kind of at that year mark in i was starting to see less opportunity that i was interested in in terms of like creating and kind of entrepreneurship and things like that and i'd stayed in contact with annex the entire time or the partners at the annex so a conversation came to fruition and uh Ultimately decided that we can make this happen, so it was a foot in the door. And I mean, we are still one property as of right now, but the blueprint has been has been proven out, and it's time to scale. So at the time, it was the next best decision. Um, I still hold that to be true, and I'm extremely excited for what's what's next with Annex. and we're just getting started.
1: Uh, I really appreciate that that detail and that context, man. It's it's so cool to hear hear stories about people who are in this space and trying to figure out. Like you, you see a lot of people from you know, Airbnb that kind of hop around to uh, another tech company, right? Or you see folks from, you know, Uber, find their way back to or, or, you know, find their way to Airbnb, right? It's interesting to hear people like, I I just don't know as many people who have like stuck in the hospitality space, but then kind of jumped around in the way that that you have from, you know, working with the Goliath, if you will, of, of, of the industry, but then also sort of like, you know, saying, all right, now it's time to come work with the David um, and and see, you know, what, what we can do here. So that's just it's cool to hear sort of like your own trajectory and how you how you thought about these decisions and ultimately how you made them. Um, you know, my I, I've told you this before, but uh, in our in our pre-call, but. My wife and I have stayed in, like, 60 Airbnbs over the last year, and, uh, you know, one of the things that we're noticing as we've traveled a lot, as we've, you know, established relationships with hosts is that there are more and more of these, like, collectives that are popping up, and people are basically, like, building, like, brands around sometimes even just one or two properties, sometimes as many as, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 Uh, And it seems like there's there's almost like this, like niching down of like maybe maybe it's not even a niching down. Maybe it's more of like this, like reimagination of of traditional property management. I'm curious, like as somebody who knows the industry super well, are you seeing this at all? And, And like what what sort of opportunity do you see in developing brands around short term rentals like is that a viable like path should be should folks be focused on sort of like thinking about their strs as something that's worth branding or not so much
0: it's again a good question and t- like hats off to you i, I really in- enjoy the questions too i think they provide a, a unique insight into the industry um my answer is yes like brand is kind of everything in a way without an identity. It's a bit of a free for all. I'll I'll get specific here in a second, but even my trip last week to Scottsdale, like I stayed at an, in quotations, Airbnb. It's not an Airbnb. I booked a short-term rental, which was a house on Airbnb being the platform and was hosted by a real estate group from Arizona uh, who had four people on their team, Bart, Ryan, Tammy and Tracy, if I remember that correctly. Great. Um, showed up to the property. It's a beautiful house, good location, but immediately with the lack of brand, you start to understand why this type of offering is not for everyone. Right. It's like a guidebook that doesn't have formatting or any logos on it, or there's spilled coffee on it. And it's like mismatched glasses and kind of all different types of bed sheets. And like some of the furniture is maybe not conducive to kind of rental use. and That's me also being a little bit like OCD and meticulous. But my point here is that the missed opportunity is professionalizing that. Whether it's one property or 20 properties, I think the more standardized you can make it feel while delivering incredible experience sets you apart from the pack. Like uh, I, maybe it holds true. Maybe it doesn't. People say, oh, I prefer to book Airbnbs that are hosted by people because it's better. I think that's a bit of a misconception. I think it feels better because the experience is personalized and uh, for people care, like the hosts care, right? Quite often, if a company is just looking at it through the lens of real estate, it's all about unlocking insane IRRs or payback periods. And it's an investment and nothing more than that. If they get a five-star review, they don't really care. They get a three-star review, whatever. So if people take the approach of of branding and and really introducing experience to to any size of of business in the space, I think there's there's a case to be made that it is the best path forward, and it's best for both the operator and the guest.
1: Do you imagine that we'll see? So some of these some of these collectives uh, that at least I've I've come to know are are at a point where it would seem to me, based off of the you know number of reviews, the number of properties uh their their reputation quite frankly their their following on Instagram that it's like do you do you really need to be on Airbnb like like is that you know at, at what point in time is your brand large enough and your following large enough where hey maybe maybe you can afford to take the a direct booking route right and like and remove yourself from Airbnb like do you do you imagine like we're going to see more more hosts sort of like taking control and maybe using airbnb as like uh, a place to get started but then eventually the people that are seriously thinking about this as as a business might actually migrate their their places um to to an infrastructure to a to sort of a, a domain that they actually own
0: yeah, I think it's it's perhaps a little more complex than that. When I say Airbnb is an OTA, like an Expedia or Booking, I think that's a little bit too general as well. Like, yeah, There's yeah. definitely a community around Airbnb. Um, I mean, the community angle is huge. They do provide a lot of resources and guidance in terms of how you legally do this. If you're at the 363 things that you need in your Airbnb to be the best of the best, Booking.com, Expedia, they don't do that. Um, but to answer your question, it's like... It, That's the annex kind of in a nutshell. I mean, we do 80 plus percent of our bookings direct and it's not because we don't like being on platforms like Airbnb, it's just because our consumers now recognize at least locally the brand and like they've discovered it, right? So I think for a lot of short-term rental operators, Airbnb is the discovery point. Um, I think if they commercialize, sure, they may be able to monetize on the direct route. But I also think that for a lot of operators, Airbnb is still the lifeline. Like if you're a 3.2 star host, no one's booking on like... Ryan's Airbnb and scottsdale.com kind of thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think it really depends on what your approach is and what you want out of it. So it's twofold. Like uh, I think the answer is yes and no, it really, it depends on the individual operator or brand that's, that's hosting the short term rental.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super interesting. And, um, yeah. And of course I don't mean to to bash Airbnb or, or anything like that. I just, I, I do think it's, especially when you, when you're looking at, um, Properties where they're booked for like eight months solid, right? And you're like, I'm I'm thinking like, geez, like it's you know, uh, if now's not the time, like when is the time? Um, but anyways, you know, I recognize that everyone thinks about this a little bit differently. I I'd love your thoughts, Ryan, on just like how you think hospitality is going to continue to evolve over the coming years. I feel like the last couple years obviously has been just this a roller coaster for the industry, um, and with with the pandemic and all. But I also think like living in this world that we live in now where a lot of people have flexibility, uh, with respect to where they work from. Uh, and do, do you think like that's going to have, that's going to continue to have a pretty big impact on like the future of the industry? How, how do you think business travel might change if at all, like what are just, you know, Ryan's unfiltered, like musings around the future of hospitality?
0: Well, Zach, you're asking me to uh, validate your digital nomad lifestyle. I'm I'm all for it. I'm here to support.
1: Um, (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you.
0: uh, I think that holds true. I I think that the industry is, again, in a very exciting place. Look, that could be said at any time over the last decade. But what took place during the pandemic, if we want to call it being over, I I don't think it is a different attitude towards it all, is that people took a, a hard look and time to evaluate okay this is actually relatively unsophisticated with the exception of a few operators in the space or brands tech platforms whatever you want to call it and back to your point of kind of the David and Goliath story like it's always been that way in this industry in which it's David versus Goliath well David's now being armed with the same tools that Goliath has always held and there is definitely a a race that is on to capture the modern traveler and again we probably hear that all the time both of us whether it be on clubhouse or our podcast or, or whatever it is that the modern traveler what does that mean but people have become accustomed to things like amazon um instead of going to a local store people have become accustomed to uber versus taxis and like that's not to say that the local store the taxi still doesn't like very much still has a place in this world and people that will always consume it but this is the race to create something that works in more of a lifestyle way than it does a product offering. Like you you touched on business travel there. I think business travel will remain, but we're going to see people disappear for a month instead of a three day trip because they're on business for three days. um, And then they want to work out of that destination for the following three weeks. So in terms of what's out there right now, I think there's some, some brands that do this well, I don't think anyone has yet nailed exactly what that looks like. And I think that's what everyone's trying to do right now. Hence the adoption of technology by larger operators, hence the kind of adoption of standardization by smaller people. So you're starting to see people pull from each other's world to create kind of that, that hybrid. Um, So again, I think we've done a really nice job of that with Annex here in Toronto. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. I think that continuously pushing the envelope and, and can you, continuing to be thought leaders is important. And I know that there's other people in the space doing it. So uh, I see the industry as being a tremendously exciting space for the, the next several years and one that is ultimately um, operated through technology, meaning like a lot of task-oriented work is going to be replaced through tech. Um, and at the base of this all is is creating a guest experience that, um, is worth paying for Like people are going to have to fight harder, um, for guests to pay for their services.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So well said. Uh, and I, I really appreciate, uh, your perspective, Ryan, I, I want to sort of just close out our conversation by talking a little bit more specifically about, about the annex. Right. So, uh, the way that I want to do this is, is twofold. One, I want you to just talk about like, what do you love most about the annex? Like, you know, it be as specific as as detail whether it's like dude, like our our mattresses are are unmatched or hey, you know, the the iPads that we give folks um, you know, uh, is is a super cool touch. It allows us to have more flexibility with sort of like how we design the room when we're not designing you know, the room around a, a massive TV, whatever it might be. Uh, it could be something about the the bars uh, in in the annex just being like exceptional. But talk talk to us a little bit about what you love most about the annex, and then also uh, give us some insight if you if you can as to like how how the annex is going to continue to grow. Like where where are you all like right now in this particular moment in time? We're in you know March of 2022. Like what does the six to to sort of like 12 month uh, you know product roadmap, if you will, for for the annex look like?
0: Absolutely. So um, what I like most about the annex is is how quickly we have the ability to adapt and change based on kind of the needs of the market. And a word that became so popular during the pandemic was pivot. So I'm going to stay away from that. But <laughs> we've been able to use the initial, like, the initial concept of technology enabled and serve a multitude of different guests. Like during the pandemic, we hosted healthcare workers at no cost to them. Um, the reason I'm telling the story is We were able to provide them with a safe place to come without the traditional needs of going to a front desk. And when people were scared of each other and like not wanting to touch, like you were into your room, you were out. There was no instances of COVID. So validated. Um, We have hosted people who were getting sick and tired of the monotony of their four walls. Again, over the last two years, they came out and they kind of really doubled down on the staycation model. We've had all different types of travelers is the world has started to reopen and everyone is very intrigued by what we are doing, um, curious and excited. And that all goes back to like what the annex is um, it, as a whole, it is a different hospitality product that needs to be scaled. So <laughs> this leads into my next point is like where we are eyes wide open in our life cycle is we have, done a good job with the blueprint in toronto there's some fine tuning to be done here we have an incredible team we've brought on some some powerhouses um, at the property level and kind of at the hq level we are actively raising capital we're prospecting sites at the same time we need to add a few pieces to the uh to the hq team so that ryan's not uh, hiking mattresses upstairs, developing tech stocks, and doing all of that solo. <laughs> there are far more, far more talented and intelligent people out there than me. So, um, building that out and then hitting, hitting go on growth. And for us, I think growth is is less of like uplit scale and let's get to ten thousand units next year because we have to. And it's let's introduce the annex in a meaningful way to new destinations over the next 24 months. Like I'd love, I'd love to have a conversation with you later in the year in which we're sitting in another property. Like we can pop properties open in six to nine months too. So uh, we're looking at North America as a starting point. Think LA, New York, Miami, uh, Vancouver, Montreal and the Canadian side of things around on that roadmap and it's in neighborhood centric areas. So if we're in New York, we're not in Manhattan, we're going to be in kind of like Williamsburg. So that's a high level overview um, of where we're at. And I think it, it comes back down to, to lovingness based on alignment. Everyone involved in the project sees the same path forward and is very aligned and, and willing to roll up the sleeves to make that happen. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to introduce Annex to the world.
1: Well, I'm, I'm super excited for you guys and excited by, you know, what I've already have seen, just your, your guys' content and the, even even sort of like the copy on your website uh, I'm a big stickler for copy so I, I really appreciate sort of like the level of detail that you, you all have put into helping sort of evoke the experience that I I'm imagine is is present at the annex even even in like digital formats it's hard for people to do that well um, and you guys have you guys have nailed it so excited to kind of watch you guys grow and uh, appreciate you you know coming on and, and sharing some of your your musings and your stories with us for folks that do want to stay at the annex and or follow you all uh, on social media, and or maybe even you know ping you with with some ideas or thoughts. What are you know what's the best way for people to to get in touch? Great.
0: So three ways. Uh the annex.com. So t-h e annex a-n-n-e-x.com at annex hotels on Instagram is another resource to kind of check out what we're doing in Toronto and abroad right now. Um, and then lastly, I'm ho- happy to share my email as well. It's my first name at theannex.com, so Ryan at the annex.com and- always open-minded to uh, forward-thinking conversations.
1: Wonderful. Well, appreciate your time, sir. This has been a privilege. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks so much, Zach. Talk soon.
1: Hey, friends. Hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at zach. Z-A-C-H at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.